It is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. At the time of this recording, we are a little bit over 24 hours away from college football. The wait has been excruciating, but football's finally here, Quentin. It is, Dylan. It is. Uh, we got football kicking off Thursday. Looks like the schedule starting off with Central Florida and Connecticut. A little bit later that afternoon, we got Oklahoma State playing uh, another Big 12 team. We got A&M. Kicking off things against Northwestern State. We'll see how Jimbo Fisher looks. And, man, I'm ready to get this season going. Man, we've got five straight days of football. And we've got a lot to cover today. And we'll start out by going around the Big 12. And, of course, being on hornfm.com, Into the Friar. You can always listen to Into the Friar on hornfm.com. We're going to start on the 40 Acres. The Texas Longhorns taking on Maryland this Saturday. They did go ahead and say that Sam Ellinger is going to be the starting quarterback. Do you think this is the right move? I like the move uh, for Sam Mellinger to be the starting quarterback. If you're not going to play Buchel, um, he's really the only viable option that you have right now, as well as having that relationship with the rest of his team. Um, it seems like the kind of like the rest of the guys follow his leadership, so you like to see that. Uh, the only thing that concerns me is the the on field performance in game, and uh, we'll still have to see know how he develops on that front but uh, on paper it definitely looks like the right move so we'll just have to see how that goes the kid's got that it factor about him he's definitely got it more than Shane Bouchelle I think we will see Shane Bouchelle a lot this year Uh, hopefully we don't have to but uh, it seems like at some point this season we're going to see what Shane Bouchelle can bring this team in his junior year I actually don't think we're going to see that much of Shane Bouchelle to me it kind of seems like Texas has kind of pulled the plug on Shane Bouchelle Really? Um, yeah, I, I think once you name Ellinger the starter, I mean, there's no way that I kind of see Buchel wanting to wait around for a guy that's younger than him to, you know, possibly get hurt and possibly find his way back into that system for something unfortunate that happened to another guy. I think what we could see happen is Buchel maybe stick around till the end of this year and transfer out, a la like, you know, a Joe Burrow going to LSU. Um, I think... Uh, name that a lot of people from Texas should keep an eye on is going to be Cameron Rising. Um, he's a freshman, incoming freshman this year, just like, you know, Ellinger was last year. And honestly, I think that he can be a guy that's you knows pre- going to be pretty equivalent to what Colt McCoy did for the Longhorns uh, in the future. I think he's got that much talent, but of course we'll have to wait and see uh, what Ellinger does with the ball this year. Take care of the ball, number one, especially. Put points on the board in the Big 12. Um, and then, you know, have to see how that relationship continues to develop with him and the offensive coordinator, Tim Beck. I mean, is do they want Ellinger running the ball 30 times a game again this year? Or do they want to trust his arm? You know, we're, it's kind of waiting to see. The man had, I think it was 70 touchdowns combined his junior year of high school. Got hurt his senior year, so he didn't play very much. So last year... I didn't want to see Sam Ellinger on the field. I really didn't. I wanted Shane Bouchelle, who was, I think, 5-2 and two as a starter the year before. I think that if he could have done a little bit better, this would have been the first time we saw Sam Ellinger, and he could have been at full strength. So I think that he's going to be a lot better this year throwing the ball. Yeah, I, I agree. You definitely didn't want to see him running the ball as much as you did last year. Definitely didn't, definitely didn't. But one thing that Sam Ellinger wants to see more of this year is consistent offensive line play. And Tom Herman did go ahead and say that the offensive line is playing at a level that no one has seen around here in a long time. And I think that's 
that says a lot for Herb Hand, the new offensive line coach coming in, getting these guys ready on game day. And I hope that they can play consistently, not get banged up too much this season. See, that's the one thing that I have a personal concern with when it comes to the University of Texas. Right now, I think that they're in a position to where they could easily be that team that lands themselves in that Big 12 championship game. But I think that's all going to depend on depth. If they don't have the depth that they need, they could very well end up winning six games this year, seven games this year. Uh, so I'm hoping that the depth is is where they need it to be. Uh, because when Texas is good, the Big 12 is good, the conference is a lot more respectable. Um, you know, that offensive line is is going to be needed very much so. Ellinger's going to need to be protected. We don't know who that running back is going to be. So first and foremost, that offensive line is going to have to be able to protect, protect, protect. Number one. I feel like they've got three talented running backs this year with Daniel Young, Keontae Ingram, and Trey Watson. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where they go game by game with it. They're going to trust the hot hand, maybe try to get all three of them worked in there early in a game and see who's got the hot hand for the day, see who the other team cannot stop. If the offensive line is consistently playing, I think that there's really not going to be a starting running back for the Texas Longhorns. I think they've got three powerful running backs that they can put back there. I agree. I think the the word for the University of Texas this year is going to be depth, 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 and that is the number one thing for Texas this year. They're going to have to have some players that can come off the bench and make an impact. We'll give our pick for the Texas-Maryland game coming up this Saturday a little bit later in the show with our Into the Friar Picks of the Week. But we'll go ahead and talk about the team that is near and dear to your heart, the Oklahoma Sooners. They've got FAU this weekend. Lane Kiffin, is that game in Norman or is it in FA? Is it at FAU? So that game is actually kicking off at 11 a.m. in Norman. It's going to be an interesting game. I mean, Florida Atlantic was a bowl-winning team. They're a good team. They return a lot of starters. Right now, it looks like the odds makers have Oklahoma as a 21-point favorite. I don't think that's too outlandish. I think that's something Oklahoma might be able to cover. But Oklahoma's definitely going to have to bring a hat and be ready to hit and make some plays. Because uh, FAU is no joke. Kiffin's going to have those boys ready to play. Uh, when you talk about those Florida kids, you're always talking about super athletes. Oklahoma's not walking out of this game if, if uh, victorious if Lincoln Riley doesn't have these kids jacked up and ready to go. The thing that I've talked about on the horn is my concern for Kyler Murray. It, not necessarily concerned, but I haven't seen enough of him yet to be able to say that he's Oklahoma's guy. The only thing that excites me about Oklahoma is that Kyler Murray is not going to have to carry this team with the offensive weapons that they have. He's not going to have to put the team on his back because he is not that kind of player. He's definitely not. But no. Lincoln Riley with his offensive mind, I think that they're going to be just fine throughout yeah, I mean, this season. Oklahoma has a a lot of pieces to for Kyler Murray to lean on. Um, in the receiving game, you've got Brown, you've got Anderson coming out of the backfield. You've got Grant Calcaterra, another tight end that's going to be play, replacing Mark Andrews. Um, so they've, they've got a lot of speed, a, a lot of talent on the field for Kyler Murray to kind of help get him to a point to where he feels comfortable running that offense. Now, it's not going to be a seamless transition. He's not going to get in there and be instant Baker Mayfield, of course. But, of course, Lincoln Riley is going to have a way to fit that offense to his playing style and what you would like to see is hopefully that you know we're able to, of course, put points up on the board, keep defenses off of the field, and uh, keep possession of that football. Stoops' defense is definitely going to be the key this year. This is kind of a crucial year for Stoops, though. 
we talked about it before the show. We think he should have been fired last year. I, I agree. I was one of the people that you know, thought that his time had kind of run out at the University of Oklahoma. Being an Oklahoma fan for as long as I have been, when we lost Brent Venables, that was a heartbreaker to see what he was able to go and do for Clemson. Of course, everybody wishes we had him back. What we got back was Mark Stoops. Um, it hasn't necessarily worked out. Hopefully, this is going to be the year. The thing that I do feel a lot more confident in going forward this year is I feel like our defensive depth is better than it has been since maybe 2008, 2009. I think that the middle linebacker that we have in Kenneth Murray uh, very well could end up being the Big 12's defensive MVP. He was a co-freshman of the year last year for the Big 12 at that uh, inside backer position. And uh, when you listen to this guy talk, when you listen to what the coaches are saying and practice about him, I mean, he's uh, on record as saying that he watched that Georgia film over 150 times, and he can tell you play for play everything that went wrong on every single occasion. A guy with that much dedication wants to be better. He wants his team to be better. The, it seems like that defensive unit has gotten fired up finally about something, and I'm excited to see what it, what they could put on the field. That's the kind of player I want on my team, for sure, if I'm yeah. a coach. You said OU is going to cover the spread, right? You think they will? I, I think they end up covering the spread versus Florida Atlantic. I, I really do. I'm going to go opposite, just to you know, play devil's advocate here. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. First game of the year, you never know what's going to happen, but FAU, they've got this certain swagger about them with Lane oh, Kiffin. Like, I feel oh, yeah. like they're, they're going to play a hard-nosed game, and I feel like they could. I still, I'm still think OU is going to win. Don't get me wrong. But I think FAU could cover the spread there. No, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's like I said, if Lincoln Riley doesn't have those kids jacked up and ready to play at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning, Florida Atlantic very well could come out of there with an upset. So let's talk about our surprise teams in the Big 12. I personally have Baylor as my surprise team. A surprise to me for Baylor would be winning six, seven games. I, I don't think that they're going to be... Big 12 championship worthy. That's respectable. But I think that that's good for them because, I, like I said in our last episode, I'm very high on Matt Rule. I think he's a very underrated coach in college football. You have a surprise team that I was kind of surprised about, though. I do, uh, and I think a lot of other people might be as well. My surprise team for this year in the Big 12 is going to actually be Texas Tech. Trying to save Cliff um, Kingsbury's job, huh? Now, I, I know <laughs> a, a lot of people don't necessarily have a lot of faith in Texas Tech or Cliff Kingsbury, but, I mean— I think that this could be the year that they finally earn that respect. I mean, they're returning about 17, 18 starters. They get their entire offensive line back. Uh, they had one of the best defenses in the country last year at creating turnovers. Um, I mean, of course, of course, Cliff Kingsbury knows how to create offense, which you have to do in the Big 12. But one other thing that you have to be able to do is get timely stops, which they were able to do last year, and they're going to be a year better now also. I think this could be the year that they surprise a lot of people. Um, they're going to come into somebody's house this year, and they're going to beat somebody that they're not supposed to on paper. And what Texas and Oklahoma better hope for is that it's not them. One thing that I'm looking forward to with Texas Tech this year, looking out for, is I want to see how much Caden Leggett, the wide receiver from Georgetown, gets on the field. That kid was the most, outside of Garrett Wilson, obviously, the most electric player in the area, in the Austin area last year. And if you guys didn't know, I'll be one of the anchors for the high school football coverage on the horn for pregame, halftime, and postgame with Kit McConaughey. So I'm really looking forward to that. 
But Caden Leggett, he can do just about anything on the field, and he seems like he's been impressing the coaches a lot. So it wouldn't surprise me to see if he gets on the field this season. He was a preferred walk-on. But one thing I wanted to ask you, do you think that Iowa State is considered a surprise team this year? I don't necessarily know if they'd be considered a surprise considering what they were able to pull off last year. I mean, they beat Oklahoma, they beat Texas, they won several meaningful games. Uh, They made it to a bowl game, did some things that that program hasn't been able to accomplish in a while. They shuffled the quarterback around for the first couple games, but once they got it right, In that quarterback room, I mean, they were off to the races. So I think a lot more people will be more well prepared for them this year. So I don't know if it'll necessarily be a surprise. I don't think the people inside the program are going to be surprised at all because they're, of course, expecting to have a stellar season. Um, But if they do uh, achieve what they did last year and even better, then, yeah, they'll, they'll surprise the country. Yeah, it's definitely just the name, Iowa State. You don't think, oh, this team's going to be in the top 25. Yeah. So if they made it, say, number 25, number 24, I don't think that there's much higher of a ceiling for them this year. No. But if they did something like that, that would definitely be a surprise to me. So we can go ahead, and I want to give our picks for the Big 12 championship. I'm going to go with the safest pick. It's a very wide-open Big 12 this year. I think that there's one, two, three, four, five, seven teams that I think could make the Big 12 championship, but I'm going to go with the safest pick, and I'm going to say TCU and OU is your Big 12 championship this year. Sorry, Texas fans. I I think it's very possible for them to get into the Big 12 championship, and I do think that it's highly possible, actually, but I do think that OU and TCU is the safest pick with how unpredictable the Big 12 championship is, and I do think that the Big 12 could have a champion with three losses. That is a very good point, Dylan. Um, A lot of these teams are going to kind of be running over each other. Um, I would not be surprised if TCU and Oklahoma made it there, both with two losses. Um, That that very well could happen. My pick, I'm going to go with Oklahoma, TCU. I also have a secondary pick if TCU does not make it. I honestly think that Texas Tech could be that team that ends up making that Big 12 championship game. Uh, when you look at how their schedule is going to break down, they're playing favorable teams at home. Uh, I, I think they have a shot in the dark, um, just like a lot of other teams. But I think that their schedule is going to help them out a little bit more than, say, a University of Texas who plays USC, K-State, uh, Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State, TCU all in a row. I mean, they're, that that UT schedule is just grueling right now. Yeah, I think there's seven teams that could possibly make this thing. Texas, OU, TCU, and West Virginia, I think, are the top four for me. But I think the outside of the realm possibilities, Oklahoma State could possibly make it. Uh, I, I know that they lost a lot. They're kind of the lowest possibility for me. There's K-State in there. There's Tech. And, hell, I'll even throw Iowa State in there. So that's eight teams that I think could potentially make this Big 12 championship. I but like that just Texas says a how lot. unpredictable it is. I, I really like Texas a lot. I'm The one thing I'm not sold on is their depth. If this was next year, I'd have Texas picked all the way. Yeah, If this was next year, I'd have Texas and Oklahoma playing each other in the Big 12 championship game. You know, college football fans rejoice. Double Red River shootout. Yeah, college football fans rejoice. Uh, We hope to see that again one day. Um, But, yeah, I I think right now the depth and in Texas' schedule is just a little bit more than uh, they're ready to handle at this point. Um, So I have to go TCU-Oklahoma for my pick. All right, well, let's let's give our final four. We're going to do one in the preseason, one in the midseason, and then one the week before it is all decided for our college football playoff 
Final Four. So I'll go ahead and give mine. I think Bama and Georgia are locks for me. I trust in Kirby Smart. I know you're not too high on Georgia this year, but we could talk about that in just a second. I've got Bama and Georgia, Clemson, and then I kind of went back and forth here. I've got Washington, but I think that all depends on the health of Miles Gaskin because if he goes down this year, I don't think that Washington makes the Final Four. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Bama, Georgia, Clemson, and Michigan as my Final Four in the preseason. I like those picks. I like Clemson in there. I have a different team coming out of the ACC this year. Of course, that always depends on that game. Uh, the four that I have coming out so far right now, in my opinion, is going to be uh, starting off with Bama. Uh, they're de- the defending champions, and we know what they're capable of. We know what they do every year. Still unsure about that quarterback situation there, but they're fine either way they lean. Um, I also like Oklahoma to come out of the Big 12. The team I like from the ACC this year is actually Miami. I think that defense is stellar, and if they can somehow pull off a win over Clemson, uh, then they'll find themselves playing in uh, January. And the last team that I have getting in is actually going to be Michigan. Uh, I really love Jim Harbaugh. I love the Shea Patterson transfer. He's available right away. They've got talent all over that field. Um, Of course, giving credit to John Harbaugh bringing in those recruiting classes year after year. Yeah, I I think that Michigan could be a a team that finally gets their chance with Ohio State losing as many players as they did last year. Um, Michigan could find their way in that conversation this year, and I actually hope that they do um, because it'd be good to see them back on top again. I talked about this on the horn the other day with uh, BK. We were talking about the Ohio State University and how I feel like when someone says the Ohio State University now, there's no pride in that. I know we don't really talk about stuff like that, but I didn't even want to put them in the conversation because of that. I really don't care. I I don't have them even on my radar right now. They're going to have to show me a lot coming into this year, Um, especially with Urban Meyer being suspended those first three games. I don't think they have anything that they can handle, but you never know how a team's going to react to not having their head coach in place. All right, it's time for our first segment that we are going to do every single week here on Into the Friar. It's time to burn it down with our end of the Friar Picks of the Week. All right, guys, so the lowest score at the end of the season between myself and Quentin has to pay off a bet, which will be decided at a later date. You can also get in on the conversation at Into the Friar at Not That Fry. And remind me of your, your Twitter one more time, QWill underscore VS. Is that right? Yes, at QWill VS. At QWill VS. QWILLVS. So the lowest score at the end of the season, like I said, has to pay off a bet. We're going to pick four games this week, and it's going to be the big four games. And you guys are here to help keep either Dylan or myself accountable. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go with the first game, Miami-LSU. On that one, I'm going to have to go Miami. Uh, I like the incoming quarterback for LSU. I love the transfer from Ohio State, Joe Burrow. Uh, But when I look at that Miami defense, it is just loaded. These Miami running backs that they have coming in, this freshman class, are just incredible. Uh, Mark Rick is set up to do some amazing things for that program in the next few years, and I think that this could be the year of Miami. I mean, the talent on that defensive unit is is next to none. They they could very well line up for the Cleveland Browns, and you, you might not be able to tell the difference. And that's how good they are on that side of the ball. Uh, you, you talk about game-changing talent everywhere. They are loaded. And I just don't know that LSU is going to have enough to, to handle that. 
I completely agree with you. Like we were talking about with FAU earlier, Miami has just that certain swagger about them where they are 100% confident in their ability every single Saturday that they play. They expect to win, and there's a difference when you go into a football game expecting to win and and you're not just here to, to play a football game. Miami expects to win. Uh, right now, odds makers have them as a three-point favorite. I expect them to cover that for sure. Oh, yeah, that'll be an easy cover for me as well. Notre Dame and Michigan, Brian Kelly versus Harbaugh. Now, this is actually a tough one because for me, whoever wins this game could very well end up being in the college football playoff, which is a week lot. Week one, yeah. that's crazy to say. Which is a lot to have riding on week one. Um, for me, I struggled with this pick at first. I had Notre Dame. Then I had Michigan. Then I had Notre Dame. I think I finally made up my mind, and I'm going to ride it out with Michigan. You're going to ride it out? I'm going to ride it out with Michigan. I think simply because I picked Michigan for my college football playoff, I'm going to go with Michigan here. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Yeah, I think uh, it could be I didn't game pick of it as week. my game of the week because we're going to talk about that, that game of the week next. But I do think that... This is going to be a really good one. Uh, it's going to be very a fun game. It's going to be yeah. a really fun game. Just think uh, I think Notre that. Dame and Michigan. Like, yeah. Does it get any better than that? No. Oh, I mean, I mean college, Texas. Co- college football fans <laughs> rejoice. Michigan, Notre Dame, week one. Uh, pretty much for all the marbles. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that. Not at all. My game of the week is actually Washington versus Auburn playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Auburn-Washington. That is a good game. Um, I actually think that Washington comes out of that game victorious. I'm not necessarily sold on Auburn. They lost the amazing left tackle. They lost a great running back. They do return their quarterback as well as some other key positions. But I wasn't necessarily sold on their offense last year. I was sold on their defense last year. And I don't think that they're going to be returning those same caliber players uh, for them to compete like they did last year. Um, so, for me, I'm going to have to go with uh, Washington. If Washington wins, they definitely will be in the conversation at the end of the year for the college football playoff. But I'm going to go with Auburn. Like I said, it, Washington also lost a lot. Yeah. They lost Vita Vea up yeah. the middle. I, I don't know if their other defensive tackle or defensive end, I'm not quite sure what position he plays off the top of my head, is going to be able to fill that gap that Vita Vea was able to do. He was the kind of guy, he's, what, 340 pounds, and he was able to sprint from sideline to sideline. Yeah. Like like a safety. When you've got a weapon like that, it's absolutely phenomenal. But the health of Miles Gaskin is going to be key here. Whether they can get him into a rhythm and controlling the clock is going to be key for Washington to win this game. But I don't think they're going to be able to do that with the Auburn defense, and I think that Auburn's going to take this one. Yeah, they also lost Pettis, uh, which you're losing a lot of offensive production. He definitely was their number one receiver last year, so it's going to be a, a little bit tougher for them to move the ball as well. And again, Auburn, we're talking about a team that punched Alabama in the mouth last year. Directly punched them in the mouth. Auburn is no joke. They are not a team to come halfway ready to play against, and they very well could end up coming out victorious against uh, Washington. Now we're going to pick the big game that a lot of people are invested in listening here on hornfm.com. Texas versus Maryland. The game is in Maryland, but I'm going to go ahead and say that before we get to that one, there's one there's that one more? we almost forgot about. And I'm looking down on the schedule, and I don't know how we did this. We almost forgot about this very important game. Florida State-Virginia Tech. That's going to oh, be a Monday night game. I forgot about that one. It's That's the only why I Monday night game. 
Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. A Monday night football game. We're kicking off Monday night football early, people. Man, this one's tough for me. I think this one could be a very exciting game on Monday night. I think I'm going to go with Virginia Tech, man. I'm just going to throw it out there and go with Virginia Tech. I kind of... I gotta go with Florida State. I've gotta go with Florida State. Uh, they've named DeAndre Francois the starting quarterback. Uh, I really like their running back. I love their defensive talent. Um, I, I would really like this to be the year Florida State again. All right, you persuaded me. I'm going with Florida State. Changed my mind. I didn't know about this game, so I changed my mind. But the ACC is just gonna be insane. Yeah. I mean, how, look, you got Miami, you got Virginia Tech, you, you got Florida State. You, I mean, there's just so much. You got Clemson. I mean, the the ACC is going to be loaded this year. That it will be. All right, Texas versus Maryland. And I will say, a team with nothing to lose and something to prove is sometimes the deadliest team to play on game day. And that kind of concerns me for this Texas versus Maryland game. But I think that Texas is going to handle Maryland pretty easily. Two, three touchdowns, potentially. I have to agree with that, Dylan. Right now, odds makers have Texas as a a 13-point favorite. I expect Maryland to come into Austin and get a wake-up call as opposed to what happened last year. Um, that team is kind of hopping along with one leg right now um, due to the unfortunate circumstances that led to the led to the player there uh, passing away, um, as well as the coach being fired. Uh, they're, they're really in a downward spiral right now, and so for Texas to allow Maryland to come into DKR and pull off an upset would be... Well, that one's actually going to be in Maryland this year. It was at DKR last year. Is it? Yeah, they came in and they punched Texas in the mouth last okay. year. It was, you know, a high-scoring game, but they came in and punched them in the mouth and took it over. They ran for, I want to say, like, you know, over 200 yards against Texas. It okay. Was, so let it, me revise that. I expect Texas uh, to go to Maryland and give them a taste of what they did last year coming <laughs> into DKR because uh, a lot of Texas fans still feel pretty rotten about that. Um, so, yeah, I completely expect Texas and Tom Herman and those boys to uh, go up to Maryland and get the job done. Big key for me is uh, containing the quarterback scrambles. Uh, I think that Texas may have a little bit of trouble this year with the linebacker depth. So keeping that quarterback in front of you and having someone that's like a QB spy, I guess is what it's called. I couldn't think of it off the top of my head, but having someone that's a QB spy, spy that can contain these quarterback scrambles is going to be key for Texas to win this game. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to, one player I will say to keep an eye on uh, in that regard specifically, uh, keep an eye on Gary Johnson. Yes. Uh, as well as PJ Locke. It's kind of going to be those two guys' responsibility to make sure that that quarterback is not getting outside of that pocket and uh, disrupting that defense. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what type of year those two guys have. But I, I expect that if Texas does what they're supposed to do, you'll get big performances from those two coming Saturday. Man, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. This was our second episode. We finally got to talk some actual football games. And we got some football coming up tomorrow, folks. So you will not be hearing from us tomorrow. Me and Dylan will be somewhere watching football. Binging. Be sitting on the couch, man. <laughs> Binge season. <laughs> This binge season, folks, and we're not talking about Netflix. It is football five days a week. We got Thursday, we got Friday high school football, Saturday college, Sunday NFL, and, of course, your favorite Monday night football. Football season is back, folks. Covering the hottest sports topics in Texas and the world, this has been Into the Fryer.